gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my Two Cents Podcast, episode 80, which is entitled Lawsuit. I am your host, G2, and before I get into the topics today, let me read you off the National Food Days of the Week. Today being June 26th, it is Chocolate Pudding Day. Tomorrow, June 27th, it is Orange Blossom Day as well as Onion Day. I suggest you probably eat the onion first, then the orange blossom, probably for to refresh your breath up. Uh, after that, June 28th, Ceviche Day as well as Tempico Day. June 29th, Almond Butter Crunch Day. I believe that's some type of candy. And then June 30th is Mai Tai Day. Please drink responsibly. July 1st, it is Creative Ice Cream Flavored Day as well as Ginger Snap Day. And then July the 2nd, it is Anisette Day. Again, another adult beverage. Please drink responsibly on those days. Um... Update on the tattoo. This is now my first official full week having the tattoo on me. And uh, I can admit that the last couple days has been very itchy. I haven't been able to itch the tattoo because you're not allowed to do that yet. Uh, they did mention that there will be some flakings uh, coming off the tattoo. It's natural, but just certain things to uh, keep in mind. I wonder how it feels to get like a big piece and it's like really itchy and you can't itch it. And boy, that thing probably is a painful mess because I know a regular itch you could just itch but when you get a tattoo that you know you can't technically itch with me having a small one and I can't itch it it bothers some it's like a little gnat flying around but with like a big tattoo probably on somebody's back and it itch uh, like the devil I wonder how they feel about it but again uh tattoo is still uh looks nice it hasn't uh deformed or anything but I just want to give you guys an update on that and also it was hot as hell down here where I lived at. It was hot this past week, and uh, I had to do some outside work, and um, please stay hydrated. If you are uh, out and about, and it's hot, and you're around your uh, neck of the woods, or around your area, please stay hydrated. That's the main key component, because I kind of got a little bit too ahead of myself one day, and I got done doing outside work. I came inside my own home, and I was uh, kind of uh, just sitting in my chair, just trying to catch my breath, and uh, that kind of let me know that I didn't take enough water intake. The next day that I went out, it wasn't as hot, but I was able to take as much water as I could. And um, I'm fine. So, again, please drink as much water as you can. Please keep yourself hydrated. Now, um, I have some terrible uh, news to report. Two passings, two people passed away this week uh, from the sports world. Uh, the first one coming from CNN. It's a former NBA player, Caleb. Swanigan died at the age of 25. As it reports, uh, former NBA player Caleb Swanigan died age 25 Monday night. His college basketball team, Purdue, announced the Allen County Coroner's Office confirmed to CNN that he died of natural causes. The Purdue basketball family is deeply saddened and devastated at the loss of Caleb Swanigan. Head coach Matt Painter said in a statement on the team's website, Caleb was a very thoughtful individual and gentle soul who excelled both on and off the court. He made a huge difference in everybody's lives when that he touched, and he will be greatly missed. During his NBA career, Swanigan worked exclusively with Portland-area youth and food 
corporation or corpse to promote healthy eating habits in schools and eliminate child hunger, Purdue statement added. Caleb made 75 appearances and four starts during his three seasons in the NBA after being drafted by the Portland Trail Blazers as the number 26 overall pick in 2017's NBA draft. He also played for the Sacramento Kings. You know, it's weird um, having to read that. Seeing that somebody died at the age of 25, not by a gunshot wound, not by any uh, drug overdose, not by even like a speeding, like smashing into a car DUI or just something like that. It's weird just reading of a natural causes. You always hear people die young over something so uh, benign as in as the list of things I just listed out, like the drinking, the drug overdose, the uh, shooting or all that type of stuff. But no, this man died of natural causes. It's just weird. Natural causes is usually labeled for the elderly when they're in their eighties or something like that, or even in their nineties. That's whenever they get hit with the natural causes, like label, like, okay, they died of natural causes because it's their time to go. They lived on this earth long enough and they decided just to tap out. That's kind of when they like labeled them with that. Never ever a 25 year old. It's, pretty weird but hey man everybody got a different uh swan song everybody got a different uh life expect expect uh life uh span on this earth it's just real weird that um just to just even read that um going more into sports a football player this time um as it was reported from the usa today baltimore ravens linebacker jalen ferguson dies at the age of 26 Baltimore Ravens linebacker Jalen Ferguson has died at the age of 26, the team announced Wednesday morning. Ferguson was just beginning his fourth NFL season after being selected by the Ravens in the third round of the 2019 draft out of Louisiana Tech. Police said the cause of death is still to be determined. In a statement released to the Associated Press, Baltimore police said officers responded to a home on Tuesday at approximately 11.25 p.m. for a questionable death. Once their officers located the 26-year-old Jalen Ferguson unresponsive, being treated by medics. Ferguson never regained consciousness and was pronounced dead on the scene by medics. No signs of trauma was found or foul play suspected at this time. In a social media post, the Ravens said the organization was profoundly saddened by the tragic passing and called Ferguson a kind, respectable young man with a big smile and and an infectious personality. We express our heartfelt condolences to Jalen's family and friends as we mourn a life lost far too soon. Uh, again, another uh, person dying at the age of 26. Right now, they have no cause of death. They're still trying to figure it out at this moment. It's just real weird. Um, It's weird. I, that's all I got to say about that. It's weird. I want to... Uh, which condolences to both families of both of these athletes, um, Jalen Ferguson's family, as well as Caleb Swanigan's family and their fans and their uh, friends and family. It's just real weird that uh, two athletic black talent men just like die this week, both in their mid-20s. Mid-20s is still in their prime, not even in their prime yet, if, at least in the... Sports world, people might say, well, Joe, technically they're starting to get into their prime because athletes only last a couple years. I mean, yeah, sure, but I mean, in the world perspective, outside of athletic sports, 20s are not your prime yet. 
20s are you just beginning stages because you're out of college, you're entering a field that you're wanted to be in, or are you just entering any type of field and you're just getting your feet wet? I'm, it's just weird. And you're certain people are married at this time, certain people have kids at this time, but just realistically, in your 20s is not your prime yet. And for both of these men to be out by their mid-20s is just still uh, head-scratching and weird to me. Uh, but again, condolences to both uh, men's family, friends, and their teammates. First topic of the day, uh, let's talk about it. Roe v. Wade happened this Friday, and um, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know what to say. The Supreme Court decided that they're overturning Roe v. Wade, meaning that um, states will now be able to decide the situation of whether they're going to allow abortions or not, and that is certain. That's one thing I don't know what to say about it. I've said it before in previous episodes that um, a man shouldn't have no type of talks to be dealing with abortions. I've said it before. The only time a man should be ever considered in an abortion talk is literally if it's the girl that you impregnated, you and her in a relationship, you guys talk about it. And that's whenever you and her have these type of discussions. But ultimately and legitimately, ultimately is going to be down to a woman because a woman is carrying the baby. A woman is carrying the child. Okay. So it's ultimately going to come down to their decision whether they want to get an abortion or not. And my whole thing is that it has to be a conversation between you and your partner, you and the person that you guys made the baby and all this type of stuff with. Now, in a lot of people's cases, we've heard of rape babies. We've heard of uh, babies coming out of wedlock. We've heard of babies uh, being made out of one night stand occasions. We've heard of babies just out of all a lot of occasions just happens of a baby being made, right? And certain people want an abortion, certain people don't. And I believe that's the only time a man should have a conversation. It's literally whenever a baby's being made with you and that person, and that's whenever you and that person have a conversation. But still, it's a woman's choice at the end. Now, if a man says that he doesn't want to have the child and a woman does, there's a paper that a dude can sign that says, I have no legal rights to this child. I want nothing to do with it and all that type of stuff. And that's about it because there's no way you're still going to be in a relationship with a woman that wants to keep the child and you don't. And you feel that you're not ready for the kid or not. You are so steadfast that you don't want to have the kid and that that relationship is done. It's done, ski, it's kaput. Unless you somehow in your own way as a man decide to overturn your own thought process and say, you know what, maybe I could father this kid. Maybe I could be a good father. Certain people do. Certain people are just absolute trash. Let's call spade a spade on that. And it might be the opposite thing. A man might not want to have the kid. A woman does. The father, dude is still there and the woman ends up they giving birth and then guess what? The woman might be trash and the father might be the one that's be the upholding dude and actually teach the kid what has to come about with all this type of stuff while the woman, even though you wanted to have the kid, you aren't right emotionally or you're not right psychologically and all this type of stuff and you just might be a trash mother whenever the kid's born that's you this situation that certain people are in but ultimately roe v wade got overturned here and now guess what states will have their own decisions up to the states themselves to now decide what type of precautions that they want to do for abortions will they now make abortions uh, still be legal in certain states, or will they not? Will they say, nope, you can't have an abortion. If you're pregnant, you're pregnant, that's it. Or you're going to have to go to a different state or what? I don't know what is going to happen at all. I don't. It's just weird that we even had something even being brought up to the Supreme Court about an abortion. Listen, again, 
It's women's bodies, women's choices. A man only has a choice of saying if they want to knock up this woman or not. That's about it. Sometimes, again, it's a one-night-stand affair situation. And that's just, it is what it is after that. But, again, majority of the time, certain people make the decision to make a baby with the person that they like or love at the time. And then you have a child or you're in the midst of uh, having a child. That's just what it is. That's the only time a man should ever be talked about. Other than that, hey, yo, I'm a dude. I'm going to let you know right now. It's nothing but a woman's business. They're the one carrying it. They're the one that's feeling all the morning sicknesses. They're the one that's feeling all the kicks to the stomach. They're the one that's feeling all these type of things, even the postpartum after they're given done birthing a child. A woman's feeling all of that. So who am I as a man to say anything about they should get an abortion or not, unless you're carrying my child? And then we have that conversation. But just in general, as a man, who am I to say anything? It's weird. It's really weird to me because there's men on the Supreme Court. And I think that, uh, again, this is just not about a woman's business type of situation. It's not up to us as a dude. It just doesn't, it doesn't sit right with me. So that's just my feeling on the whole Roe v. Wade thing being overturned. Uh, I know there's going to be people online being upset about it. There's going to be some marches. There's going to be people... Uh, doing a whole lot of things, just try to get the Supreme Court to overturn it, in which they can, if somebody brings it up to them and they have another long, drawn-out situation again, they probably could overturn Roe v. Wade again in their decision here, but that'll be another couple years. So, I'm going to say this right now. These next couple years are going to be very, very interesting. Men and women, please use protection, and if not, use the pill or whatever the case may be if you're not planning on getting pregnant right now. And if you are planning on getting pregnant or Let's say you happen to get raped, because, again, this is a legitimate thing here. If you happen to get raped and you happen to carry a baby and you don't think that you're equipped or whatever the case may be, or you don't want to have this kid or not, know what state you're in. Because the thing is that if you're in more of a uh, Republican state, they're tightened, They're going to tighten up on the whole abortion stuff. They're not going to allow abortions, but more the whole Democratic States are going to allow you to have an abortion, so know what state you're in, and if there's a closer Democratic state, if you're in a Republican state, try to go to that Democratic state and get an abortion or whatever the uh, occasion is going to happen. Either way, just please protect yourself. Know what's going to go down around here, because this abortion stuff is going to be a big old thing. It's going to impact a lot of people's decisions going on until Roe v. Wade is overturned again, and abortion is free and able to roam around, not free, but just you're able to get an abortion without uh, states like telling you you can't get one. So again, that's my opinion of Roe v. Wade right now. It's still fresh. It happened Tuesday. It had out Tuesday. It happened Friday. Today's Sunday. So it's still fresh to me. Um, but again, I'm a dude and I'm just going to be waiting to see how everybody else handles the situation. Now, on to a topic that I feel that's going to have some lawsuits, some like legal, like high legal ramifications later down the line. Um, it's the involving the Uvalde school shootings. Um, this past week, the Texas Department of Public Safety Director Stephen McCaw, whose agency is conducting one of the probes, testified before the Texas State Legislator. Uh, McCaw, who presented an updated timeline of events that he said was based on video surveillance and police communications, characterized the police response as an absolute failure. I'm about to give you an audio clip of what he said to these people right now. There's compelling evidence that the law enforcement response to the attack at Robb Elementary 
was an abject failure. The director of the Texas Department of Public Safety insisting police could have stopped the deadly attack three minutes after it began. The only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the on-scene commander who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. The officers had weapons, the children had none. The officers had body armor, the children had none. The officers had training, the subject had none. One hour, 14 minutes and eight seconds. That's how long the children waited and the teachers waited in rooms 111 to be rescued. McCraw also saying officers wasted time searching for a key for a door that wasn't locked. While dozens of officers waited, kids were calling 911 from inside for over 40 minutes. Now, first and foremost, that audio clip came from uh, Good Morning America's YouTube page. If you actually want to watch the whole entire segment, you can go there to their YouTube page and click the video for that. Um, when McCraw was doing his uh, talking in front of the Texas state legislator, he would mention that three minutes after 18-year-old Salvador Ramos entered the school, sufficient gun law enforcement were on the scene to stop the gunman, McCraw testified. Yet police officers armed with rifles waited in a school hallway for more than an hour while the gunman carried out the massacre. The classroom door could not be locked from the inside, but there is no indication officers tried to open the door while the gunman was inside, McCraw said. McCraw has said parents begged police outside the school to move in and students inside the classroom repeatedly pled with 911 operators for help while more than a dozen officers waited in a hallway. Officers from other agencies urge police chief Pete Ariando to let them move in because children were in danger. The only thing stopping a hallway dedicated officers from entering room 11, 111 and 112 on the scene were the commander who decided to place the lives of officers before the children, as you guys heard in the clip. Now, for the past almost a month since this tragic event has happened, parents and people alike have not been getting any type of uh, information about what happened to the kids, why did it take so long for police officials to just run up in there and just do what they had to do to this uh, murderer who ended up killing these children and teachers. People were trying to figure it out. The parents are still trying to figure it out because there's conflicting reports from left and right. They don't understand. They're trying to just get a clear indication of what happened in that room and why it took so long. They're still trying to get this. This now being the first official week where people are starting to come out and say what happened in the timeline. I can see later down the line that uh, Ariando is going to be facing some type of court type of uh, lawsuit or something, or at least not him, the police agency, like the police department or the county themselves, because there's no way you guys should have took that long to rush up in there and kill this guy. To You guys took literally an hour dude, an hour to run up in there, and you mean to tell me that you guys didn't check the doors? You didn't check the door to see if it was locked or unlocked? I mean, you guys were already there. There's photos right now, out right now, showing you exactly the officers that were lined up in the hallway. They had something to bust open the door if it was locked. They already had people with guns, sniper or whatever, to take this guy out, literally in the hallway, and then even not that point you had officers literally on the outside of the building suited up ready to do whatever they got to do all for one person you guys did not go in there and they're all placing the blame on the police chief because he 
was supposedly in charge of this whole operation whenever they got the call to go there. Pete Ariando has been placed on administrative leave, as it was reported by the Associated Press. Yavalde Consolidated Independent School District Superintendent Hal Harrell said that he put the school's police chief on administrative leave because the facts of what happened remain unclear. In a statement, Harold did not address Ariando's actions as on-site commander during the attack, but said he didn't know when the details of the federal, state, and local investigations into the law enforcement response to the slayings would be revealed. From the beginning of this horrible event, I shared that the district would wait until the investigation was complete before making personal decisions, Harold said, because of the lack of clarity that remains and the unknown timing of when I will receive the results of the investigations, I have put the decision to place Chief Ariando on administrative leave effective on this date. A spokesperson for the Uvalde School District, Anne Marie Espinoza, declined to say whether Ariando would continue to be paid while on leave. Another officer will assume the embattled chief's duties, Harold said. Okay, so you guys can't tell me if he is being paid to be on administrative leave or not. That's dangerous right there, because if he's getting paid to sit out as all this crap is happening, there's going to be a problem. So I understand why you didn't want to say that he's probably being paid, because if you guys, listen, I think he's going to be paid, if I want to be honest. I'm not saying it's happening, but I think it was... Because it would be quick for anybody to say, nah, he's not going to be paid. He's going to be sitting home, trying to figure it out, just waiting it out, just like everybody else. But no, they didn't say that he was going to be paid or not. So more than less, it's probably going to be he's being paid. And you're going to find about about it way later after the fact's already been done. Um, This whole thing's a mess. It completely is. I feel sad for the parents that lost children. I feel uh, sad for the loved ones that lost nieces and nephews and um it's it's real real unfortunate because still they still don't know what happened they still can't lock down everything they can't lock down uh the time the every the time that the police came in all this type of stuff sure uh mcgraw says this type of stuff but there's people on the opposite end saying no that's not right that's that's not the truth that's not all the truth he's spreading certain type of things to fit a, a narrative for political effects. Listen, I'm not trying to hear none of that from nobody, okay? I don't think a school shooting works in politics. I mean, it does if you want to get some type of bill passed across. But again, that is still nasty. That is complete nastiness to me. I think as human beings, we got to place certain things in certain categories and boxes. I think this is a complete travesty to everybody, I think it's a travesty that the parents still don't know what happened with their kids. They should have a legit timeline so the kid, so at least the parents can at least have that off their mind, because it, it's weird. You're always going to want to know, okay, what happened? What led up to it? Why weren't people around? What all these what ifs or why questions? And for these parents, they they don't got the answers to it yet. And I'm hoping that they'll get the answer to it soon. I'm hoping that people will stop pussyfooting and stop playing around and just give the parents the answers for this so they can at least find some clarity and get about with their day-to-day operations. And what I mean by that? Suing people. Because that's the next step. The next step is going to be a lawsuit. There's no if, ands, or but. Lawsuits are coming. Because with photos rolling around now of police officers standing in the hall, oh yeah, lawsuits are coming. And the county just going to have to deal with those lawsuits. 
hey, I'd rather deal with a lawsuit than my child not being on this planet. So the parents are still ultimately hurting because there's no amount of money in this world that's going to make up for them losing their children because of law enforcement's stupidity or one person's stupidity. And my biggest question is why didn't one officer literally try to uh, go against the grain of the operation? Certain times you hear about it, like certain officers go against the grain, certain times you don't. I believe this is one of the instances that an officer should have went against the grain. I think two officers or even three could have just walked in there with with uh, the type of suited up that they were in, like a chest protector and all that type of stuff with a semi-automatic. It went in there and started doing their job. If you didn't have, if the doors are locked, I've heard of people shooting the freaking door handle. He could have shot the door handle. And what's the worst thing that could have happened? What, another kid would have died? So let's think about it. Uh, three minutes in, he gets the shooter gets in there. He supposedly has the door locked. And this is allegedly because we don't know if it was locked or not locked. Officers get there, heavy suited up, chest protector, all this type of stuff. AK, they got their guns. Let's not pretend and kid ourselves here. They could have walked into the school. Literally, if they couldn't get to that door, uh, shoot as much bullets as you can at the door, or at least the door handle, and bust in, and then just start trying to shoot off at the shooter. The shooter probably would have got, what, four or five kids in total that still would have had people losing their kids, but not to the degree of 19 children. That would have been 14 children saved, or even probably less, probably like, what, 12 children saved, 13 children saved. The most he probably would have got off was, what, seven. And that's still a bad number, but 7 compared to 19, you kind of will take the lesser of the two evils there. It's just weird. I see lawsuits coming, and uh, I just want the parents to at least get some type of information so they can go about their lives. Hopefully, uh, they'll at least get some type of information coming soon. That's what, I'm do- that's what I am hoping for these parents, because if it was me, I'll be real pissed off. I'll be really trying to strangle somebody's neck to get the information. I'll be really just teetering back and forth, but again, thoughts and prayers to the families that have uh, lost loved ones in this whole tragic uh, Uvalde shooting, and please, please, for the love of God, officials and investigators, please give the parents some type of information. Please and thank you. Now, on to a new topic uh, from Associated Press. Civil jury finds Bill Cosby sexually abused teenager in 1975. Jurors at a civil trial found Tuesday that Bill Cosby sexually assaulted a 16-year-old at the Playboy Mansion in 1975. The Los Angeles County jury delivered the verdict in favor of Judy Huth, who is now 64, and awarded her $500,000. She said the fact that jurors believed her story meant more than the sum of money or the fact that she didn't win punitive damages. It's been torture, Huff said, of the seven-year legal fight to be ripped apart, you know, thrown under the bus and backed over. This, to me, is such a big victory. Jurors found that Cosby intentionally caused harmful sexual contact with Huff that he reasonably believed she was under 18 and that his conduct was driven by unnatural or abnormal sexual interest in a minor. The jurors' decision is a major legal defeat for the 84-year-old entertainer once hailed as America's dad. 
It comes nearly a year after his Pennsylvania criminal conviction for sexual assault was thrown out and he was freed from prison. Huff's lawsuit was one of the last remaining legal claims against him as his insurer settled many others against his will. Cosby did not attend the trial or testify in person, but short clips from 2015 video dispositions were played for jurors in which he denied any sexual contact with Huff. He continues to deny the allegation through his attorney and publicist. Cosby's spokesman, Andrew Wyatt, said they would appeal the verdict and he claimed the defense won because Huff didn't win punitive damages. Okay, so here's my thing with that. Um... 1975, that's a long time, and brought it back up seven years ago. At least it went to trial seven years ago. Yeah, that's a long time. That's a long time for this, but hey, man, Cosby was a nasty dude. We all know that now. He didn't deny certain people of him, like, drugging certain individuals. It's on tape. It's out there. You guys can look that up. He doesn't deny doing that to certain women. So if you do that to certain women, that gives people the... uh the idea that you've done that to more women than you're alleging or you're saying out to the public. Um, I'm not mad at it. You know what? To be honest with you, completely honest with you, I'm not mad at it at all. I'm not happy whenever somebody gets drugged or any of that type of nastiness. That's weird to me. It's completely weird. I, uh, um, my biggest question is, and it's not me even placing blame on anybody, what are people of a certain age doing at a place that they're not, not supposed to be? Say 16-year-olds going to a Playboy mansion. Now, Playboy mansion, I'm not sure, in 1975 was hauled in the sacred hollow grounds or big uh, light that it was in the early 2000s, late 90s, the way that I know about it back then. Even as a kid, I knew exactly what the Playboy mansion was. And... um I just have a question. What was a 16-year-old doing there? I'm not saying that she got that because she was there. I'm not saying that she got... No, 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 no. Let just let me just start with that first. I just think that certain people, when you're a certain age, you know exactly a place that you know you're supposed to go and a place that you know you're not supposed to go. Uh, the <laughs> That place is not a place for a 16-year-old. Playboy Mansion is not a place for a 16-year-old. Uh, let me just state this right now. Swingers clubs are not places for children, teenagers. They're not meant for that. There's a lot of other places that are designated that are not for teenagers that are meant for legitimate adults. And somehow teenagers sneak in. Same thing with teenagers, uh, make fake IDs and they buy alcohol. And you know, they're not supposed to be drinking alcohol to the age of 21. Teenagers will do all these things. It's just that Whenever things happen, we always fall back on there that age. They're not supposed to be doing these actions at this that age. So again, I'm not condemning the woman because again, uh, she got taken advantage of at the age of 16, but she was not supposed to be at that place. It was 1975, different times then as well. I don't have 1975 eyes. People were doing the whole hippie, psychedelic thing that's what they always associate the 70s with so only can go by that it's just weird to me that you break that it got brought up and it took seven years to clear that up personally you know what i think they settled her suit because lost because bill cosby's uh situation last year i do think that happened i think 
that since they couldn't get Cosby to stay in jail, they did uh say, yep, we believe her. We let's uh let's cut it, let's do the deal because if it took you seven years, there's some, there's a question of why did it take seven years to get this thing done? Again, I'm not a person that has filed any type of lawsuit or report like that. I don't know how that type of thing happens. I don't know if people didn't find it important or not or whatever the case may be, but I think with a big name like that, a lawsuit of that magnitude would be important and it should be important. So again, I do want to stress this. I'm not blaming the woman. Bill Cosby is a nasty dude. We all know that now. And um, I just think that the legal system, or at least this jury, at least found Cosby guilty because of what happened last year. That's just my personal opinion. But again, hey, congratulations to the woman for her uh, trial finally getting done with after seven years of being ripped apart, as she said, being tortured. It's finally done for her. I'm glad for that. And she got $500,000. But you're going to have to reduce that because the government's going to take whatever they can out of that $500,000 uh, check. But hey, she got some money out of it and she was vindicated. So congrats to her. Now onto another topic. This comes from the Miami Herald. Dominican discount airliner crash lands at Miami airport, injuring three in Fury Escape. A passenger jet from a new low-cost airline from the Dominican Republic crash landed at Miami International Airport on Tuesday evening, bursting into flames and injuring three of 126 people on board. Firefighters doused the flames that engulfed Red Air Flight 203 after a landing gear Malfunction. The plane skidded on the runway and came to a full stop on a grassy area. The damaged plane remained in the runway area on Wednesday morning, surrounded by emergency vehicles. On Tuesday evening, passengers scrambled away from the plane, some holding their children, some rolling their roll-on luggage, others taking cell phone video. When our fire crews arrived, they saw the wing of the aircraft was on fire. They quickly began working on putting out the flame, utilizing specialized foam trucks. Miami Day Fire Rescue spokeswoman Erica Benitez said all passengers were off the aircraft. The three injured people were taken to the hospital, Erica said, as fire crews worked to mitigate a fuel spill on the runway. Passenger Marciano Davis of Weston said that when people saw the fire, they began screaming and panicking. People were very frightened, said Davis, who was returning from Venezuela and caught the connecting flight in Santo Domingo. People were grabbing the seats to keep from spinning around. The plane scrapped the south runway closest to Perimeter Road nearest the Dolphin Expressway, according to airport spokesman Gregory Chin. The crash landing led officials to close two runways, delaying several flights, but the busiest section of the airport, the north end, where American Airlines handles 70% of the air traffic was not affected, he said. There were no other red air flights scheduled for Tuesday, Chin said. Now, with that details out of the way, let me just give you my personal opinion on this thing. I think there's going to be lawsuits. Again, we're in the age of lawsuits, and we're in the age of people having to sue for anything and everything. And this is one of those situations where I even joked around and I said, oh, my God, this is a perfect time for somebody to play around. And say, oh, can't move. I'm hurt. I'm injured. I can't move my neck. No, nothing. And that's why I feel a whole lot of people are going to be trying to do. They're going to feel like they're going to a couple of days later, they're going to think about it and they're going to see this thing pop on the news more times because 
There are investigators looking at what caused the plane to crash and, and uh, not crash, but catch flame and fire. And I've, I have a feeling with human nature and the way that everything is going, people are going to sue. People are going to sue and say, hey, uh, I can't do this. I used to be able to do this, but I can't do this now. Now, I, now I'm having a problem with this. It's just going to be lawsuit city. I just know that's usually how things work. If a uh, company car backs into another car, even a small like thing, and they did it a little bit, they usually didn't. They usually sue the company, not the actual person driving it. They actually sue the company, and they get money out of it. It's human nature. So I feel that the passengers are going to sue this uh, company, especially the people that are injured. Uh, they're suing. That's happening. So if I was anybody else, I would try to... I'm not going to say I would do it because that's just not my style. It's not my thing. I just joked about it. But I joke about things that I see a lot of people going to do because I'm a realist. So I see more people are going to hitch their uh, cart to this, their wagon to this horse. And they're going to sue. Uh, that's all I basically got to say about this. I just want to know one thing, though. How does a plane catch fire? I mean, there's a lot of technological stuff with it, and people can break it down of how a uh, plane catches on fire the wing does. But, I mean, you guys just made the landing. It shouldn't have caught flames. It shouldn't have busted, like, uh, anyway. It's just weird. Again, it's none of one of these weird things, but a lawsuit's coming. You can best believe you can bet your bottom dollar on that one. A lawsuit is definitely coming from this. Now, on to the next topic, as it's from UPI News. Brooklyn Center agrees to pay Dante Wright's family $3.25 million over police fatal shooting. The Minnesota city of Brooklyn Center has agreed to pay a $3.25 million settlement with the family of Dante Wright, a 20-year-old black man who was fatally shot by a white police officer during a traffic stop last year. Attorney for Wright's family announced the settlement in a statement to the media Tuesday saying the local police force has agreed to the impending changes to its policy and training. The comprehensive settlement in this tragic case will provide a meaningful measure of accountability to the family for their deep loss of a son, sibling, and father. And they hope and believe the measures of change to policing, policies, and training will create important improvements to the community in Dante's name, said their lawyer. Nothing can bring him back, but the family hopes his legacy is a positive one and prevents any other family from enduring the type of grief they will live with for the rest of their lives. Okay, specifics concerning changes to the police policies and training have not been reached yet, and the agreement will only be finalized when they have been when they have been. The attorney said, adding the changes are expected to include training on de-escalation, police intervention, implicit bias, and weapon confusion, among others. If you don't know what this is about, this is about uh Dante Wright, who was the guy that got stopped for a traffic stop. That's what he was originally being stopped for. But a police officer, Kim Porter, uh, shot him. And she was sentenced to two years in prison on the charges of first and second degree manslaughter. For those that don't remember, Kim Porter said that she was trying to go for her taser. And she thought that she shot her taser, but it was a gun. So uh, that's just the thing that we're at here. Okay, the family got money from this. It's not going to bring them back. And they know that. But they at least are getting something out of uh, the police system. I mean... Money always seems to be the way for us, and it's always going to be the case, because once we can't 
get the person that we want back is always just money because that's always the next thing that we know that's going to hurt either a system or a business or whatever money because money makes the world go around that's uh not that's not me even trying to be funny that's just me being realistic here money makes the world go around that's why people work that's why people uh do a lot of things for money and to uh, build a legacy for their future or give it off to a niece, nephew, or their family, or whoever else. That's why we people work in this lifetime, and also things cost money. So, when people happen to die and they get killed or murdered or assassinated, however you want to spin this thing, by an entity like the police or the government or whoever may be, you're always going to first try to get criminal stuff. And if you can't get criminal, okay, now it's time for me to hit you in the pockets. I'm at least going to get some money out of you. And that's what happened here. Amen. Kim Porter's in jail for two years. She should be in there for longer. But uh, justice system, what more can you say for that, huh? But his uh, family is getting money out of his death. I know they would like to have him back, but uh, $3.25 million is something. It's not everything, but it's something. Um, again, I still wish that incidents like this wouldn't happen because it's not, it doesn't do anything for anyone. You're just going out there and you're just having to kill somebody over some so minute and so dumb, even though it might be an accidental death and you're in death, accidental killing in this incident, you, you still got them for something so stupid. It doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to stop somebody, just stop them for that reason. If they happen to provide you with the evidence that you want, okay, let them go about the way or something. This was not that big of a deal, and it's ended with a man's death. And uh, it's just still tragic, and people are still facing with that today. So, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens along the line. When Kim Porter gets out, I want to see how the people get upset about it because people are going to get upset about it because it's going to be publicized on the news, and then it's going to be on Twitter for a good, what, hour some odd or two and then after that we're going to go about our lives but for that hour or some odd people are going to be flaming the justice system and that's what usually happens and uh that's about it for that now on to another topic and this is coming from metro as it reads student stabbed to death after refusing marriage proposal a female student has been stabbed to death outside her university for allegedly refusing a mar marriage proposal from a fellow student naira Ashroff was attacked by a man as she stepped off a bus outside Minnesota University in Minnesota, central Egypt, on Monday morning. The attack took place in front of horrified onlookers who attempted to pull the man off of Naira and in full view of security cameras. Naira was pronounced dead at the scene after suffering several wounds to the neck. Local media has reported the stabbing has shocked Egypt with images and video of the attack quickly being circulated online. Following the devastating incident, police have launched an investigation and arrested another student at the university. The suspect named as Muhammad Abdul by the Egyptian Independent is understood to be a third year student at the same school as Naira. In a statement, police said investigators have spoken to 20 witnesses, including Naira's family, who reportedly told officers she had been subject to constant harassment from a man following the breakup of the relationship and her rejection of his marriage proposal. They are understood to have reported the manner, matter and their concerns to the police two months ago. Local police are understood to be detaining Abdul for four days while they investigate the matter. Egyptian authorities have been consistently 
criticized by human rights groups for their failure to protect women and girls. See right there. She, the family tells you two months ago what was happening about their concerns and everything. And now you guys finally take action when, guess what? Their loved one dies. How you mean to tell me this isn't a lawsuit coming? I don't know how you can't spell lawsuit without saying it and reading that type of details. And also, this goes out for men and women. If you get rejected, take it on the chest and leave. For the love of God, just take it, learn from it, and just go about your days. This does not have to be an incident where you just feel like, okay, they rejected me now. I got to be a super angry and I'm not going to be focused on it for a long time. No, you might be focused on it for a long time. Okay, what was I? Was I not this? Was I not that? Yes, that's the natural human conditioning. We're going to constantly think about what was wrong with us or why were we not chosen or picked. That's always going to be the thing going on in our mind. But you could just easily go about your day. You don't have to take action the way that this guy or this alleged guy did. Because they say they got the suspect uh, arrested, but they're not technically saying that it's him. They got they had to investigate this thing. My problem is that you guys knew about this thing for two months. They told you two months ago. How are you guys not looking to it then? I believe that officers in no matter what country you're in, you should take a look at to what somebody's telling you. If somebody's saying, hey, uh, this is what's going down and you guys are not paying attention to it, you guys are putting yourself a big target on your bed because if something happens to happen, like in this unfortunate incident, something like this, where this woman happens to die. And they told you two months ago about the concerns and their worries about somebody harassing her. You guys have to be held responsible for it. It's called accountability. How are you held not accountable for this? I don't see how. Um, it's just weird. Why Why do people not take things serious? If somebody tells you something, just believe it. Not going to say just believe it. Question it. Do all that type of stuff. But look into it. It's not going to hurt you to look into it. You're a police officer. That's kind of your job. Your job is to look into things. If somebody's saying, hey, yo, this is what's going down. I need you to look into it. Yeah, you probably want to look into that and see what's going down, okay? It's just a f- unfortunate incident that uh, this Naira woman that, I'm, that you can easily look up, her name is N-A-I-R-A space A-S-H-R-A-F. She's a pretty chick, and um, she happened to die. Just... It's, it's weird. It's rarely, it's really, really weird to me. Again, I'm on the brain of being realistic. I know things happen like this, and they don't get reported on the news like that, best believe. But when you do read something like this, it just makes you wonder, why? Why? Why would you kill somebody because you got rejected? Being rejected is not a bad thing. It's just nothing but you, it's nothing but you having to learn something. Not this person just wasn't for you. This person just doesn't see you in that type of light or they're not ready to move that type of step with you. It's okay. It's called a learning process. That's it. Just learn from it. You don't have to go off your rockers and snap off and say, I'm going to kill you now because you didn't take me up on my offer. That's that's pretty dumb to me. But rest in peace to Miss Naira Ashroff. And uh, please, please, I hope people do look into this and just see if you have any type of loved ones in your life more or less girls because girls face a lot more of these things than dudes do at least reportedly 
Um, watch out for them because a lot of dudes are out here nuts. I'm not going to try to hold nobody. A lot of dudes are nuts, and I just want everybody to be safe and sound and just uh, know about their surroundings and who they're dealing with. Uh, okay, on to the next topic here. As it's coming from Engadget, FDA bans sales of Juul vape products in the United States. As the article will go on, the Food and Drug Administration has banned electronic cigarette maker Juul from selling and distributing its products in the U.S., it ordered the company to remove its wares from the market or face enforcement actions. Reports earlier this week suggested that an FDA ban on Juul products was imminent. After a two-year review, the agency rejected Juul's application to keep selling tobacco and methyl-flavored pods as well as his vape pen. Juul told Engadget that it intends to seek a stay on the decision. It is exploring all other options, including an appeal. The ban doesn't apply to Jules products that are already in the possession of the company's customers. However, it'll be difficult, if not impossible, to find its pins and pods in the near future. In 2020, the FDA began a comprehensive review of all electronic products sold in the U.S. It weighed up the potential benefits of vaping compared with cigarettes for adult smokers against the popularity of e-cigs among underage users. The agency has permitted other manufacturers to continue selling vape products, including Enjoy and Vaz, Parent Reynolds America. To date, the agency has authorized 23 electronic nicotine delivery systems to give vape pens their formal names. In Jules' case, though, the FDA said the company's application lacked sufficient evidence regarding the toxicological profile of the products to demonstrate that marketing of the products would be appropriate for the protection of the public health. In particular, some of the company's studies findings raise concerns due to insufficient and conflicting data, including regarding genotoxicity and potentially harmful chemicals leaching from the company's e-liquid pods that have not been adequately addressed in precluded the FDA from completing a full toxicological risk assessment of the products named in the company's applications. All right, so long story less long, Juul is going to try to uh, combat this with the FDA. They're going to try to uh, continue to have their products be pushed. But for right now, the FDA is banning Juul products. I'm not a smoker. I'm just giving you guys uh, some newsworthy stuff again i don't smoke i don't drink i don't do a lot of these things but i've seen people vape i've seen people smoke i've seen and been in the environment of both places and now let me tell you something electronic cigarettes don't have the worst of the smells i mean nicotine and cigarettes i've smelled them and they suck they are horrible but the electronic cigarettes i have been around people smoking them and blowing them up in the air I mean, they don't have that bad of a smell, as bad as a cigarette. So I'm not sure what's really going down with the whole thing with Juul. I know, as I just read in here, that FDA is allowing other uh, electronic cigarette companies to continue to push their products. I just think that if you're going to do that, yeah, sure. I'm not sure what you really want out of Juul. I know I just read it, but it goes deeper than that, personally, in my opinion. Because if you're cooking one up, you're tossing one for... All the other ones, did the other ones pay you more 
or did Jewel not play ball with you like that, or what's the case? I don't know. There's always some deeper, darker criminal links than what they're always just throwing out here. There always is. It's just weird to me. It's weird how we haven't banned cigarettes as a whole, but we just allow, like, all right, electronic cigarettes, here's your here's your way to get your nicotine kick. It's, all right, cool, fine, whatever, dog. Do what you want, because we all know certain people can get cancer from cigarettes. I'm not sure what electronic cigarettes, but you at least could kill cigarettes and have people switch over to electronic cigarettes if that's what you want to do, preserve their health if that's the deal with the FDA. But, hey, you do what you want. That's your business, not mine. I'm just giving you guys some information out here. Just letting you know, Juul products are coming to an end in America, but Juul is going to try to fight back that. All right? On to a next topic that I thought was completely dumb. Uh, as It's coming from The Telegraph. As the title reads, Couple films video flaunting $100 bills after robbing Georgia Bank at gunpoints, the feds say. A Georgia couple filmed a celebratory video flaunting $100 bills and pistols after robbing a bank at gunpoint during a weeks-long crime spree throughout Atlanta, federal officials said. Before the robbery, the woman encouraged her boyfriend in a text message to kill anyone who might interfere, according to court documents. A judge sentenced Quantavius Cedron Arnold, the boyfriend, and Erica Brewster, the girlfriend, to years in federal prison it's not TWO but it's two like two years um, in federal prison in connection with their alleged two week long spree that also involved an armed carjacking in 2019 the US attorney's office for the northern district of Georgia said in a June 21st news report release the couple believed resorting to violent crime would solve their financial problems court documents state Both Arnold and Brewster have extensive violent criminal histories and once again put innocent civilians at risk. Special agent in charge of the FBI Atlanta, Carrie Farley, said in a statement. The crime spree began on November 12, 2019. Arnold was accused of brandishing and pointing a semi-automatic pistol at a man outside of a southwest Atlanta convenience store and stealing his car with the help of two other people, prosecutors said. Two days later, he drove himself and Brewster in the carjacked vehicle to a BB&T bank in DeKalb County. They planned to rob days before court documents state. At the bank, they waited in line before Arnold handed the teller a note, according to court documents and the news release stating, Give us $5,000 or there will be death. If you try anything, people will be in danger. We are watching your ass, and that's what he wrote on the note, so don't play. I do have a gun. Then Arnold proceeded to pull out his pistol and tapped it on the glass that separated him from the teller, according to a sentencing memorandum. The teller gave $8,200 to the couple who then fled to Brewster's apartment, court documents state. There, Arnold used Brewster's phone and filmed himself throwing stolen $100 bills onto the floor, holding two firearms in the air, flashing gang signs, and bragging about his diamond necklace court documents state. At some point after the robbery, both Arnold and Brewster abandoned the car. Arnold is accused of stealing the news reports. Well, the news release said. Uh, Arnold was sentenced to 25 years in federal prison on June 14th after he pled guilty to carjacking, armed bank robbery, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and two counts of brandishing a firearm during a crime of violence, according to 
the attorney's office. He was also convicted on charges related to the two weeks long spree. Meanwhile, Brewster was sentenced to four and a half years in prison in November 2020 after pleading guilty to armed bank robbery. So let me say this right now. He was a dumb jackass. Just making it plain and simple and clear to you. I'm making it clear to every priority body that does anything dumb and jackassery like this. You are labeled a jackass. What are you doing? You stole money, all right? And then you happen to record yourself throwing the stolen money in the air, flashing your guns, and then doing, oh my God, why? Black community, and I know this is us. I know this is us. You don't got to play what race what race it is. This is not a game show. This isn't. This is none but two black people that have done this here. Black community, let me say this to you right now. Rappers, because I know you guys are influenced by the rappers. It is what it is. It's truth. And truth hurts. But listen to me when I say this to you. A lot of those rappers that you listen to, they are not really doing these things. Some of them are. And the ones that are doing the things that they're doing. They are getting caught up, and then they're getting tied up in jail. Do you understand me? The ones that are not doing these things, they're not rapping about it like that. And if they are, they're giving little breadcrumbs, and that the feds are definitely watching. Let me make that perfectly clear to you. So what do you do? You learn from these rappers that you're looking up to mistakes, and you don't do them. You don't flash your gun. You don't throw stolen money in the air. You don't record yourself like a buffoon. Where are the days where you used to commit crimes? And I'm not advocating for this neither, but just follow me here. Where are the days where people that used to commit crimes and they don't ever say nothing about it? They don't know nothing. They don't. They just go about their day-to-day lives. They might have the money. They might have the weaponry. They might have the jewels that they stole. But you'll never know because they will be acting in a manner that is conducive to their everyday lifestyle. AKA, they will continue going to the exact same store. If they used to shop at a thrift store, they will continue to shop at a thrift store to maintain the presence of them being normal. They will not be shopping at a thrift store one day. The next thing you know, start shopping up at a Louis, Gucci, all these places. And then people start to wonder, how the hell did they get this money? That sets off alarms. Idiots. You have to continue your pattern of what you had before. You have to continue the normalcy of what you were doing. AKA, if you rob a bank for, let's go about a million dollars. And somehow, somewhere, because people have done it, you go, you get away with it. You guess what? You have to hold on to that million and you can't do a God-loving thing with that million until some years have literally gone. AKA meaning you have to continue to work the exact same day that you, those exact same jobs that you hate. You have to continue that exact same pattern and go about it constantly until you think that the time has passed enough that you can say, you know what, I'm done with this job and I'm just going to either find another job or you're going to move to a different state or a different country. And guess what? That's what you do. Make it short and sweet for you. You got to continue about your day-to-day normal operations. You don't record yourself and then somehow you get jammed and then bye-bye, the internet, your phone, everything has what you've done. It has you recording yourself doing something so stupid like this. The reason why I got mad at that, I had to calm myself down. The reason why I got mad at reading this is because we know what the repercussion is for us in this country. You know good and well we're going to be slapped down with the hardest judgments. Another person of another ethnicity, a.k.a. white, Caucasian, do it. They're not going to get slapped as hard as us. It's been proven. I'm not trying to hear nobody say you're making this a race thing. 
guess what? I'm in America, baby. Where it's always going to be a race thing here. Um, we've seen it. And for you to just do something so idiotic, idiot, just being an idiot, it just doesn't fit. Doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sit well with my soul. That's it. I just want my black people to do better than to do something like this. If you commit a crime, you stir your butt off of the internet. You don't record yourself. You just be yourself. You don't be an idiot. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't advocate for crimes. I don't advocate for busting into banks and stealing money. I don't advocate for none of this. I want to make that perfectly clear. I don't advocate for none of this. I want people to use their brains. If you're going to do these things, you have to use your brains and know that, yo, I can't be recording myself. I can't be recording myself flashing the money that I just took. Flashing the pistols with the guns I just used to steal something with. Idiocy is all it is. That's all I'm trying to say here. So if you are going to do those things, please don't be an idiot and don't record yourself, right? Don't record yourself with your rewards after the fact. Just be your normal self. Just go about your day-to-day business. That's all I am saying. I don't advocate for people to do it. I'm just speaking in reality terms. If you're going to do it, just don't be so stupid. Now to the final topic here is this is from ESPN. And this is going and talking about the Sean Watson case. Uh, as it reads, attorney Tony Busby says 20 of the 24 lawsuits filed against Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has been settled. Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has settled all before all the lawsuits filed against him, attorney Tony Busby said in a statement Tuesday. Since March 16, 2021, 25 lawsuits has been filed against Watson, alleging sexual assault and other inappropriate behavior during massage sessions. Of those 25, one was dropped by the plaintiff when the judge ruled her petition had to be amended with her name. The other 20, Busby said, has been settled. We are working through the paperwork related to those settlements, Busby said in a statement. Once we have done so, those particular cases will be dismissed. The terms and the amounts of those settlements are confidential. We won't comment what further on the settlement or those cases. Somebody's going to eventually talk and somebody's going to... Somebody in the news world always finds out how much somebody gets paid for and they're always going to throw it out there and there's always going to be some conflicting things, but it's always going to be ballpark of exactly what the first initial report usually is is of somebody giving away money. It's always going to be around that ballpark. It might not be on the nose, but it's always going to be around the ballpark. Anyway, as the article will continue on, Busby noted that Ashley Solis, the first woman to file a lawsuit against Watson and the first to speak publicly and identify herself as a plaintiff, is not one of the 20 women to settle. Ashley Solace is one of the heroes of this story. Her case has not settled, and thus her story and that of the other three brave women will continue. I look forward to trying these cases in due course, consistent with other docket obligation and the court schedule, he said. Although two grand juries in Texas declined to pursue criminal charges against Watson earlier this year, the NFL is investigating whether he violated its code of conduct and the league interviewed the quarterback in person last month as part of his investigation. At the league's spring meeting, Commissioner Roger Goodell said that he thought the NFL was nearing the end of his investigation, but that he couldn't give a timeline for when a ruling might be made. Okay, so Deshaun Watson, for people that don't know, he got into some trouble because the massage 
the massage uh, therapist or the masseuse that he went to uh, said that he has sexually he tried to sexually assault them or did some inappropriate things during their sessions. And um, there are 66 women that talked about this thing. 66 uh, women came out and said certain things. Some of them were siding with Deshaun. Some of them were going against Deshaun as reported. And out of the 66, only 24 of the 25, because as they said, 20, the 25th one had to drop because they had to get her name on the uh, legal paper. So 24 filed for some type of suit against Deshaun Watson during his situation. Only thing I can say is this. When you are an athlete, you can't be stupid like this. Even though you might need the massage, you might need to get yourself correct and refined out and all that type of stuff. You can't have literally 66 different people touching your body. My guy, you got to have a stationed one. You at least got to have one, two, or three. You can't just go to everybody touching your body. But again, as the women are saying, he did some inappropriate things. So he thought that, and I'm just saying, this is allegedly, I'm not saying that he did or didn't. Okay. This is all the women are coming out saying this thing. So I have to say alleged. Um, Deshaun Watson did some nasty things. Now there's always going to be the thing of a man getting a masseuse. There's always going to be that creepy imagery of a woman thinking that he's trying to, uh, get fondled up on and all this type of stuff and felt on and certain dudes are let's not get it twisted certain dudes are going to those massage parlors for those exact same reason but some people are actually just trying to get themselves their kinks and all that kind of crap worked out and that's about it if they're sore in one spot get it all taken care of uh i just don't see how you had 66 women come out and say yo this is the thing and blah 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 to you and that's just nastiness to me out of the and here's the thing for me. Um, they said that the NFL is supposed to be doing some type of thing to uh, Deshaun, saying that if he's going to be suspended for a whole year, it's going to be with pay, without pay. There's communications and talks with that type of thing going down at this exact moment. I don't understand something. The women are suing Deshaun Watson, right? Deshaun Watson, at the time, before he was a Cleveland uh, Cleveland quarterback, he was part of the... Houston Texans, and there was speculation that uh, the Houston Texans knew about it and knew about Deshaun Watson's uh, going to these ladies and asking for a massage and all this type of stuff and all of his inappropriate behavior and all that kind of stuff. And you mean to tell me the ladies are just suing Deshaun Watson? They're not trying to sue the Houston Texans? That's kind of weird to me. I would think that you would go after the bigger fish, not the small minnow. You at least go after the bigger fish. That's an easier target if you're looking for a bigger payday. And if you think I'm trying to lie to you, there was a woman earlier this year that was able to sue Geico. Yes, the car insurance uh, Geico for her contracting an STD in a 2014 incident with her ex-boyfriend. They Apparently her ex-boyfriend, or boyfriend at the time, now her ex, had... Uh, uh, STD and gave it off to her. She sued Geico because Geico was the guy was the car insurance that covered the guy, and they apparently must have had sex in the dude's vehicle. She gets the transmitted disease. She's saying that Geico has to cover her for um, uh, injuries and losses, and the courts are awarding her that 
$5.2 million. You can look into that more, but you mean to tell me that these women aren't suing the Texans if they're, I'm just trying to figure it out. Are they looking for money? Or are they trying to go after Deshaun Watson or is there another big play here? I don't know. You usually go after a bigger company because as I stated earlier in a different topic about how if somebody hits you, you don't, if a company car hits you, you don't sue the driver, you sue the actual company. This kind of falls in line with the Deshaun Watson situation. If you are a player, yes, you might sue the player, but you need to sue the actual football team because he's under the football team, all this type of stuff. So I'm not sure what's going to happen personally. I know the 20 women did get, they're going to get paid. There's still four more women that Deshaun Watson has to deal with. I'm not sure what they want, or I'm not sure they want an apology from him, or they want some type of uh, thing from him saying that he did these type of things. I'm not sure there's reasons for, there's going to be multiple reasons of why these women did not settle with Sean Watson yet. I don't know what it is. I'm just going to be here waiting and watching just like everybody else. But let that be a lesson for all the new NFL players that have just got drafted and all the NBA players that just got drafted this week. Um, please be careful of yourself. Please don't be an idiot. Please don't be stupid. Please stick to, if you have to get a massage, get a massage for one person or if that one person out there have a backup massage person, you can't have multiple people touching you because you get yourself in these type of situations. I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson did or didn't. I'm just saying that you need to have a specific person that you go to for specific things. If you have sores and aches, you go to a specific massage person. If you go, just like tattoo artists. If you have a tattoo piece that you like, you go back to that exact same tattoo artist over and over again because you like their work. Or a doctor. You don't go to many other doctors for, for a certain situation. You go to one specific doctor because you have a uh, relationship built up with that doctor. And you meet with that doctor and then you diagnose you and all that type of stuff. If you have a massage therapist, you go to that exact same massage therapist because they know exactly how your body is. They know exactly where you aches and cramps. You go to that exact same one. I'm just saying that for the future references for all these new athletes that are going in i'm not saying that Deshaun watson did or didn't do it i'm just saying for future references for you new draftees please be careful of yourself and if you are thinking about doing something nasty just go out and find a lady of the night then just do that discreetly or get a girlfriend or whatever the case may be whatever your whole thing is but try to maintain yourself because the sports world is only there for a finite of time you're only there to make a certain amount of money then get out and hopefully you'll be all right, and set yourself up with some business opportunities while you're in the game as well as while you're leaving the game. That's all I'm just trying to say here. So, again, uh, Deshaun Watson, you got to face four more women. I don't know what they want from you. You got to figure that out, and hopefully all this stuff will be out the way, and also you got to face the NFL. Are they going to suspend you for a whole season? I don't know. Will they do it? Will they pay you or not? I don't know. We'll all be waiting to see. Now, with that all being said, again, congratulations to the NFL uh, players that just got drafted. Congratulations to the NBA players that got drafted this week. I hope you guys are saving your money, and I hope that you guys uh, please take care of your bodies because one wrong injury and you're literally your prospect of you guys reaching this high amount will get dropped instantaneously because one bad injury can easily kill your career off. Just want you guys to be careful. Please be safe out there. That's all I'm saying for the NBA and NFL draft picks that got drafted this year. 
Now, with all those topics being cleared, let me give you guys my social media links where you can find me at. On Twitter, you can find me at, at my two podcast. Instagram, my two cents podcast G2. My email, my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. Remember, you can email me for anything. If you want to talk to me, you want to email me for advice on certain things, you want to email me just to have a nice chit chat. Hey, I'm here for you. I also have in the description of the episode, I have the suicide hotline number because remember, people are going out left and right. I do want people to know that you are cared for, you are loved for. People do want you to continue living on this earth. There are people that can't wait to see your face, and please. Please do not try to take yourself out. Please call the suicide hotline number. If you feel like you have nobody else to talk to, please call that number. People are there to um people are there to talk you down and just talk to you and just let you know you are loved, you are careful. Please just contact that number. Um I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, Amazon, and Spotify for all these uh outlets for allowing me to do what I do say what I say with no repercussions coming towards me I really do appreciate it and I appreciate you guys uh downloading episodes you guys can listen to anything else you guys can listen to other podcasters or you can listen to uh music Beyonce just dropped a new single this week I I think it's called uh break my soul or you won't break my soul one of the two it was playing on good morning America I listened to it a little bit I was like oh, okay Beyonce's coming out all right cool fun but you guys could listen to that. You guys could have listened to that. But no, you guys checked in with me. So I really do appreciate that. Um, always remember. I love you. 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 I love you all. I thank you all. Thank you for checking in. I hope you guys have a great Sunday. Please be safe and sound on these roads. Because remember, there's still dicks out here. There are people that don't care about your uh, other people on the roads. They just want to care about themselves and their destination. We all have to be courteous to one another on the roads. We have to be courteous to each other as we're off the roads. Because you don't know who is dealing with what. And people are snapping at a more intense rate than they used to. So please be careful of that. And with that all being said, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding once again. I have been G2. This has been my Two Cents Podcast. I love you. I thank you. Please have a great Sunday and have a great rest of your week. And with that being said, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.